cannot play with them, cannot win with them, cannot coach with them, can't do it. I want winners. I want people that want to win. You know what it is. Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy Freestyle, where we put the fun in functional fantasy content. I'm your host, the spitting statistician, Dane Martinez, joined as always by Matt Modica. Matt, I'm sure you've got dozens of drafts in the books. We've got preseason games going on so we can learn a little bit about our players and our teams, but we also got some injuries on the horizon as well to discuss. What's going on? How are you? Can you feel it coming? Oh, I can feel it. I booked a trip to Vegas last week. Okay. So I'm excited about that. I'll be doing some uh, NFFC drafts out there. I think I'm doing a triple header on Friday. Oh, wow. So that'll be interesting. And me and my boy, Jason Anthony, will be partnering one on Thursday. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, preseason football mm-hmm. has started. We got some more games tonight. We got a bunch of games tomorrow. So it's here. Yeah, it is. It's actually here. In fact, you know, I mean, there will be football every Sunday from now until February 2024. So we have officially gone through the doldrums and the best time of the year is here. Fantasy Freestyle, of course, on the Cloud 10 Podcast Network, representing the starting five. If you check us out, don't forget to check out the marketplace. Don't forget to check out Fantasy Foes as well. So let's get into it, Matt. You know, I think we also have some kind of I don't know if they're, you want to call them headlines, but we do have news items to react to. Mm -hmm. The first one of which is Alvin Kamara met with Goodell and he is in fact going to be suspended. Three games is what came down. I'd love to get your insights. And then also, you know, they have Kareem Hunt in for a visit. Some people were reporting that he was going to sign with New Orleans. And then all of a sudden he goes to Indianapolis. You see that maybe he was offered more money there. He then leaves Indy without a deal. So I don't know if it's going to be Kareem Hunt or otherwise. What does this mean for you? The fact that Kamara is going to miss most of September from, you know, I think about it in terms of Maybe he's a discount now. Maybe you can actually get him because, you know, your real people who are looking to win championships are not looking at weeks one through three. You know, we're trying to find the best mm-hmm. guys for weeks 14 through 17. And then I'd also let you, your thoughts on what does that mean for someone like Jamal Williams, uh, regardless of if they bring in more to add to that running back room. What do you think now about the running back room in New Orleans, given the Kamara suspension? Oh, I mean, I think first off, I think the ADP was kind of baked in. Okay. Maybe we were expecting maybe four to six game suspension. So it's only three games. Uh, maybe he moves up slightly. What I'm hearing from, you know, the intel that I'm trying to gather and stuff is he looks like the Kamara from a couple of years ago and all this. Uh, I haven't seen anything. He's not somebody I've really been targeting right now. I mean, last year, it was kind of a no bueno season for, for Alvin sure. Kamara. But he does have that, you know, upside and all that so as of right now he's not a guy that i'm really in on uh i will continue to monitor i want to see if these so-called reports i'm hearing are true or not i think though it gives an opportunity for uh kendrick miller hmm. you know early on he's gonna have those three games if a cream hunt don't come in or another veteran uh you know very productive back in college so I'm kind of interested in him and like that, you know, later on, if he's available, you know, when the running backs start drying up, sure. he's a guy that, you know, is going to have an opportunity early on. We're going to know if he's got a role going forward or not. So I kind of like that aspect of it. Uh, as far as Jamal Charles, uh, Jamal Charles, Jamal Williams goes, yes. 
Jamal Charles, one of the goats of our fantasy. Yeah, really. Jamal Charles, <laughs> along with Priest Holmes and yeah. Sean Alexander, and that kind of. Uh, but that's a different time, to be sure. Yes, uh, Jamal Williams, I think, has a role on this team. Right. You know, uh, I think he's that short yardage goal line back. Regardless if Kamara was playing, you know, had no suspension, whatever. Right. Kendrick Miller wasn't drafted. They brought him in. There's a role for him. Uh, he had a very productive season last year for Detroit. He's another guy later on. If you just, you know, you need to, you're, you're kind of skinny on the running back position. Yeah. He's a guy, you know, that's somebody I want to start every week, but, you know, should be a touchdown vulture again. I don't see why he wouldn't. Uh, so, yeah, that's really my I got you. thing there. You know, I think so. I might thing. move up. Let me ask you, though, because I agree with you that Kamara had a down year, but part of me is willing to chalk it up to the quarterback play. You know, we talked about it last week, I think, when we were saying or or when we're talking about the wide receivers and we both identified Olave and Garrett Wilson, who are guys that got, well, this year we expect to get much improved quarterback play and how that kind of raises their stock as well. I think having a better quarterback in car there in New Orleans, I think it really raises all boats because, you know, Kamara gets so much of his production in the receiving game. Mm -hmm. So I think going from whether it was Dalton or Jameis or Taysom Hill, for goodness sakes, under center to a guy like Derek Carr, I actually think I'm in on Kamara, to tell you the truth, Matt. I actually think, especially missing these three weeks, I think you can kind of get him at value. You say he looks like the Kamara of old. I'm expecting him to kind of return to being that real PPR threat. Yeah, I mean, if that happens, it's a steal. Even with the three games that he misses, like you said, we're not worried about the first couple of weeks. Absolutely, absolutely. I just know, I know you've been talking banging the table for a guy like DeAndre Swift, who was, you know, like a first round caliber draft pick a Mm -hmm. year ago. And I think, you know, there were years, maybe two years back where Kamara was like a top five pick at times, you know, so we know the potential is there. I just think the Saints offense in general, kind of bringing in Carr will raise all boats. So keep an eye on that. And I think the main thing to say here, if you're you're listening to the Fantasy Freestyle right now, as we talk you how to you know not just give you a fish but teach you how to fish is that maddie said it you're not really worried too much about weeks one through three you're worried about can you have a stud in week 16 and you could grab a guy like kamara later on and i remember he won people leagues where in the fantasy championship round the christmas weekend he scored five touchdowns one year oh uh, that was that the- with the red and the green shoes i remember that that was one of the greatest uh fantasy football games right? i've ever experienced me and uh, my partner Andy Saxon that year finished third overall in the NFFC prime time. You know, just a little outside of that uh, right. overall, but it was that was great. That and was- Kamara, you know, Kamara definitely helped people win boatloads of cash as a Christmas present that year. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. Another headline that I saw that I would love your take on, you know, because we talked about this a little bit at the end of last episode when we were profiling the quarterbacks. And if you want to go back and see our discussion on quarterbacks or running backs or wide receivers, go on over to Cloud 10 Podcast. You can get all the episodes of Fantasy Freestyle. We've been talking about how we still kind of like uh, Chris Godwin and 
However, we wanted more Baker to be kind of QB1 there in Tampa as opposed to Kyle Trask. I'm hearing that that's actually maybe a tighter competition than originally anticipated. I think on the first depth chart, they actually listed both Trask and Mayfield as co-QB1s. Does that mean anything to you? Big deal, little deal, no deal at all? Maybe they're just trying to inspire and motivate Baker early on? Or do you think there could actually be a competition in Tampa. And if so, what kind of impact does that have on guys like Godwin and Evans? Uh, I mean, I would, I thought Baker would have like pretty much the gig. I think this is the one true competition we have right. this, you know, this summer. But, uh, you know, I've got to believe maybe it is real. Uh, and I still think Godwin is kind of like too big to fail. Okay. If you look at like last season, I keep going back to like Brady. Brady was kind of horrendous. I mean, a 6.4 YPA. Right. Uh, I mean, yards gained per uh, completion Thinking was under 10 for the first season. Wow. And, you know, Godwin was uh, just coming off that injury. Mm-hmm. He's never finished below wide receiver 15. Now he's another year removed. He says, you know, he's completely back and everything. I just think he's a really good receiver. I think he, if... If they had a good quarterback, I think he's a third-round wide receiver. Okay. In my okay. This is what's keeping him in that five, maybe six-round range and stuff like that. So, look, I don't really like drafting receivers that don't have a good quarterback. Right. So, there is a bit of hesitation, but I got to be honest, I am uh, I am invested in him. And this is the one thing, like preseason, a lot of noise. Of course. You're going to be even watching the games, because, you know, who's starting? What are they going up against? And a lot of these beat reporters are going to give you some really shitty news. Like some mm-hmm. will be good at having to sift through that and figuring out what is real and what is not. So, uh, look, there is concern, but I just think this is, you know, this is one of the better receivers in the league. And I'm, I'm going to take the gamble for now, but I'm definitely watching this battle. Yeah, and and I remember we talked about this with the wide receiver episode, the idea of we do want good dynamic passing offenses, good quarterbacks. I think we touched on, you know, guys like Michael Pittman Jr. in Indianapolis and kind of how he could get dinged for what we expect that offense to potentially look like, at least in the past game. So forget about it. The other thing I heard, I'd love to get your thoughts on, and it does actually kind of dovetail into the tight end position that we are talking about today here in the Fantasy Freestyle. In Kansas City, you know, Kadarius Toney had gone down with an injury real early. Um, Isaiah Pacheco had gone down with an injury real early, but it looks like, you know, they'll both be fine. You know, they'll they'll be absolutely fine and ready for week one. Do you believe... Uh, you know, I would take Kelsey out of it because obviously we'll we'll start and end with him when we're talking about the tight ends, mm-hmm. you know, later on here. But do you believe that Tony is the leading target share for a non-Kelsey? Like out of all these wide receivers, the MBS, the uh, Sky Moors of the world, the and Kadarius Tony, do you think he's profiling as the top wideout for Kansas City? Tony on potential, I would say would be that number one guy, but I just, just come into the belief that he can't stay on the field. Right. Like he's always going to be one of those guys, or his workload is going to need to be managed. Mm. So if I had to pick a wide receiver on Kansas City who would get the most target share right now, it would be Sky Moore. The dark horse guy would be Justin Ross. Yes, I that mean, kid out of Clemson. Justin Ross. 
Justin Ross as a freshman in Clemson. I mean, the, the, the guy who's put up one of the greatest wide receiver seasons ever. I, I mean, he was starting over like, you know, he was better than guys like, you know, like uh, T. Higgins. Right. Stuff. He was there when Higgins uh, was there, right before, uh, right after Mike Williams was there. Like, Clemson is like wide receiver you. And Justin yeah. Ross, what is he, like 6'4", right? That frame is pretty ridiculous also. I, I know he's not getting all the uh, work with the ones right now. I know we saw some training camp videos with him with Mahomes and stuff. It is more, he's definitely getting more. MVS, I am out on MVS. Okay. MVS, if you look in the second half of the season, his routes were even down then. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think Sky Moore in that second year, you know, he did really nothing for you last year, but I think that second year, you'll see a, a positive progression for him. Uh, I think Ross is going to get an opportunity. Okay. Uh, it's a bet that I've made several times. I own you know, probably my highest owned player, to be honest with you, because he goes so late. I've right. even moved up, you know, from the 17th, 18th rounds to about 14, 15 to take him. Because I just think the opportunity is going to be there. They do not have that number one guy right. that's entrenched. So on that aspect, you know, I, I would if I had to choose one guy right now, I think it's Skyler. Yeah. Uh, for the running back room, I, I think CEH, uh, as great as this team is, the Kansas City Chiefs and this organization and they're winning Super Bowls and, you know, Mahomes, was one of the worst draft picks ever because they took him over Jonathan Taylor. Hmm. Picture if the Chiefs had Jonathan Taylor these wow, last yeah. few years yeah. in that offense. Yeah. I, I mean, they I think they some wanted someone who they thought could be prolific in the pass game yes. out of the backfield. And CEH was doing some of that at LSU, whereas JT was not as much at <laughs> Wisconsin. I think they wanted that archetype of back and then went yes. for the CEH. But I think I, I think you're right, you know, with the potential of what they could have had. And then they went and grabbed Pacheco late in the draft last year to be that other kind of bruising, more inside the tackles kind mm -hmm. of runner. And that said, they still won two Super Bowls. Right, right. It's really, you know, it's really not a big hindrance. I'm just saying it was one of those like horrible draft draft day decisions. So for me, the running back move. Here's my thing on Pacheco. I think he's fast. Mm -hmm. I think he's kind of tough. He's not elusive. Right. He's just not an elusive back. That's you look right. at in college. Uh, I heard the stat. I, I honestly couldn't even believe it. His senior year, I think he had forced one missed tackle. Wow. That's like insane. That's wow. like insane. Can't do it. I still think he's better than CEH. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe CEH stays on the roster because if Pacheco's not ready for week one, otherwise I think he's possibly off the roster. CEH. Okay. Wow. Uh, and a, a, a guy like McKinnon is a guy I've always liked. I really haven't drafted him this year. I think he goes at a nice price. I have nothing against the price there. Uh, but I'm usually taking a tight end around that area or someone else to be honest with you <laughs> but I, I think he does have a role he'll always have a role in this offense uh we saw it last year second half of the season absolutely he really spiked the and, playoffs in the playoffs. Well. and the last couple of years in the playoffs he's been a guy that really gone to yeah. uh, he's a guy that you know you put him in you can get a, a two three or a four or you can get a 16 point week right so it's one of those where you know he's tied to this offense so, I mean, I think it's Pacheco. Seems like, you know, they're just being extra careful with the shoulder. Right. He seems like ready. They gave him that, uh, 
just as like a, I guess it's an appreciation that the first handoff of camp, right, 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 yada yada yada, and so, name only to kind of be the one there, right? Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean that's that's my thing. Okay. I, like, you have Mahomes, so in that offense though, like I always say, I'd rather get you know I'd rather get a small slice of a watermelon than half of a grape, right? And and in that Kansas City offense, there will be production to go around to be sure. Just to double down on something you said there earlier, Matt. I think, I think I'm in on Sky Moore. I, I have a lot of shares mm-hmm. of Sky Moore. I do believe, obviously, with Juju gone, there is you know some targets being vacated, and we see it all the time that that second year wide receiver does make a jump, you know, and doing that in this system with Patty Mahomes and Andy Reid, and with the idea of being the number one wide receiver potential, not to be, you know, the idea of Justin Ross, and if he can get to full health and get that opportunity and make make hay with it, certainly could be prolific but i think sky moore will ultimately be the leading receiver for the kansas city chiefs and i do say receiver not just pass catcher because obviously the number one in kansas city is travis kelsey and so let's get into that with our kind of focus of this episode and profiling the tight end position i mean travis kelsey is really a a revelation i mean i mm-hmm. i cannot remember Matt, a time where the tight end one, in my opinion, was such a gap between the rest of the field, in my opinion, even in Gronk's days when he was scoring between 15 and 20 touchdowns in a season, there were like other tight ends that I thought were also decent to me. Travis Kelsey is a first round pick, depending on the settings, I've seen him go really, really high. Like, how are, how do you feel? Cause I know you're very big on the way you build your team. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that being said, we've talked about going wide out, wide out. We've talked about, you know, in super flex leagues going quarterback. Does is it that much of a delta for you, that much of a benefit to you to have the advantage at tight end every single week with Travis Kelsey? I mean, he's putting up wide receiver five kind of numbers, right? You abs and he's been pretty durable. The man has not really missed mm-hmm. games either, which I think is absolutely huge. But obviously, if you use your first round pick on Kelsey, then everything else we've talked about over the last few weeks, there's a ripple effect and just slides back. So from a team construction building during the draft, how do you feel almost philosophically about taking a tight end with your first round pick, even if it's Travis Kelsey? I think it does make, you know, threading the needle, as they like to say, a little more difficult. But if you're playing in in the tight end premium our leagues like the FFPC, he goes most of the time second, sometimes right. first. Wow. And no later than third. Because that's a tight end premium. So you get that's that right. point and a half per, per right. uh, reception. So that's obvious. In like the NFFC where it's just uh, regular scoring, no premium, he usually goes from that seven range. He's in like the middle of the first round or so. And I still think he gives you an advantage there. But in that format, I'll tend to take like maybe an Amon Rossi Brown sure. over him. Uh, I do like that. I have to have three wide receivers to start. I kind of you know want to be there or like a Bijan if I'm going to take the running back. Um, so you don't want to go tight end, right? You don't want to necessarily spend in, that in premium reg- asset. In scoring settings, I don't. Uh, I'm not opposed to it. I I don't think it's a bad pick. Uh, But for me, it would start like the middle of that first round, like that pick seven and on. 
for, for Kelsey in a non-tight end premium. Uh, if I was going to take Kelsey, I'm going to try and hope that I get Mahomes on the way back. I'm, I'm going to okay. go. I know it's a popular stack. Like, oh, get that stack. But even in like a, just in your home, if you get a Kelsey Mahomes, you know. Sure. I mean, there was one year, I think, where Kelsey had four touchdowns in one game. <laughs> Imagine the double up there. I think DFS was one. Yeah, there right was that crazy there, Monday that night game. He had like six catches for yeah. all the touchdowns. He didn't even have like, a lot of yards. He <laughs> right. had four touchdowns. I think that's the conceptual fork in the road, right? Because no one's going to argue that Kelsey isn't the top tight end on the board, right? The question is, in order to get him, you got to spend the first round asset, that kind of capital to do it. So mm -hmm. it's almost like so, I'm philosophically opposed to just doing so. Yeah, I, I think for me, if you play in a league that starts three wide receivers and it's regular scoring, not kind of premium, I'm going to have a hard time pulling the trigger on the yeah. Kelsey. If you play in a league, even if it's regular scoring, and say it's two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, and either one or two flexes, you have more wiggle there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you don't have to start that third receiver and all that. So, I mean, again, like with everything you do, format matters. Absolutely. And, you know, the rules should be the obvious. Yeah, definitely. And that tight end premium, you know, if that's the case, I remember I'm even in like, you know, that large Scott Fishbowl league where there is mm -hmm. the tight end premium. Kelsey went number two overall, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and, and I completely understand that. I think that's really all we got to talk about when it comes to Travis Kelsey. He's obviously yes. a Hall of Fame talent. You either are down to pay the price for him or not. And it sounds like, you know, we checked the settings, but in the way most people are playing, it doesn't sound like you or I are really going to invest that first round asset on Travis Kelsey. We're gonna make sure we get one of those top wide receivers instead yes. as you build your team. So as I look a little bit lower down, right? And I call this, Matt, I call this tier like <laughs> two and two A, because I think reasonable people can disagree on how big the tier is and how big of a gap there is you know if we talk about guys like Andrews Hawkinson Kittle Waller Pitts maybe even a Goddard in there right like that's the next group of tight ends in my opinion and I'm going to tell you right off the bat out of that group the guy I'm targeting is TJ Hawkinson I actually think TJ Hawkinson is going to be tight end two overall above guys like Mark Andrews who's been thought of there in the last few years and let me tell you why for me, when he went to Minnesota, outside of JJ, he was the number one target. I mean, this guy was averaging in the 10 games with Minnesota, he averaged six catches a game, Matt. Okay, that, that was a 21% target share. That's on pace for 102 catches over the season. And I know we had this conversation when we were talking wide receivers and I liked Addison as well because the Thielen uh, production was gone from that Minnesota offense, but I think He's in the passing offense. He's going to be a touchdown maker, and the target share is there. I actually expect, and they went out and got him. You know what I mean? They acquired mm -hmm. him via trade. That means they have designs on how to use him. And I know you love a guy like Irv Smith. And even when he was in Minnesota, the tight end position has always been utilized in Minnesota. To me, TJ Hawkinson is actually among that group of tight ends, the one that I expect to have the best season and the one where I have the least amount of questions about the offense or the pecking order of the offense, I actually believe Hawkinson is definitively tight end too, especially seeing the production he had for about half a season in Minnesota. 
Uh, I mean, I like Hawkinson, but we're going to differ a little okay. here. Uh, for me, there's a Travis Kelsey tier, then there's the Mark Andrews tier. Oh, okay. And then we go. I mean, Mark Andrews, to me, is just a beast. He is Lamar's guy. And if what we're hearing, they got the new offensive coordinator in, in Malkin. And if they're talking about, if any of this is true, where they're going to be installing some of his Louisville offense from back in the day, I, I think it really sets up. I know they drafted Jay Flowers. They're calling him Joystick. Odell, we'll see what he can do. Uh, Bateman's coming back. And Bateman right. was really good before he got hurt this year. So they have other options, but I still think it runs through Andrews there. So he would be uh, my number two in the tier by himself. And okay. then I have another tier. So that's I like gotcha. how, how I would. How and I is would that play. what, in the third round? In the in the third round that you're getting Andrews? Uh, yeah, in a regular scoring setting, in the third round, uh, Andrews would be a guy. I know earlier on, the popular thing was to get Andrews and Lamar like, right after that turn. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably a little more difficult now. Lamar's probably before the turn. Lamar's moved up like right outside right. that big three. You know, he's kind of trying to latch on to it. Couldn't stop. Yeah. So that's not as uh, easy to do. But that was a popular stack. Or even like the tight end premiums, they would take in uh, Andrews early second and then get Lamar in that third. Okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I've, I've owned Mark Andrews a bunch of times, and I, I love Mark Andrews. You're right. He's definitely Lamar's security blanket. You're right. He's definitely the number one target there in that offense, especially in the red zone. For me, the only hesitation I have having him up at that level as tight end two, or even to your point as a tier almost unto himself, is there's a lot of change in Baltimore this year you know Mm -hmm. there is the wide receiver group that's much better than we've ever seen in baltimore for lamar between flowers bateman and odell i expect a healthy jk dobbins to get more touches as well and so i wonder if and and there's a new offensive coordinator right so you mentioned them Mm -hmm. going back to kind of the louisville roots but to me that just is a little bit more unknown in terms of the slice of the pie don't get me wrong the the resume and the history of him being the number one guy in Baltimore is certainly there. For me, I just think that there is a non-zero chance that, you know, roles and target share may shift a little bit this year in Baltimore. Yes, I mean, I think that's fair. Uh, like I said, again, I'm basing this off of, I think Lamar gonna bounce back. I, I really like, I think their offense was prehistoric and right. now it's, now it's moved into, you know, modern day. The 21st and century. And, and I, I think you can see a lot of good things. Andrews himself seems very excited. Like, you know, they mm-hmm. seem really giddy about this new offense. Well, and we'll see. There is change, so there is that risk upon it. The change isn't always good. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know. So we'll see. Uh, one thing I also want to ask you. So if you believe that Andrews is kind of like tier two by himself that's why i framed it as two and two a because reasonable people can disagree about how you kind of split those hairs so then you know i'm big on hawkinson out of say that next group there's the kittle the wallers the pits i don't know the goddards of the world right i know there's been a couple of times in our last few episodes you've been highlighting what you expect to be the impact of uh waller in this mm-hmm. Giants offense, am I right to assume that out of that next group, Waller is a guy that you'd prefer to come away with rather than, say, a Kittle or a Pitts? Uh, I would actually probably want Waller over Hawkinson. Really? Okay. I, I think it's, you know, I think that's a fair debate. My reason here, too, is price. Sure. Waller's going to go a little later. 
So I really, in a, in a regular setting, and like you said, if I'm playing in the leagues I usually play, it's three wide receivers you got to start. So if I don't have to make that investment right. in the first four rounds or so in the tight end, and I can get a Waller somewhere in the fifth round, to me, that sets it up a lot better. I, I don't think there's a make. Here's the difference for me between Waller and Hawkinson. Hawkinson, I think, is much more safer. Okay. In the, okay. Waller is going to be what thirty? Can he stay on the field? Mm. That's he, he fails if he can't stay on the field, which right. has been a problem for him. If he's on that field, I don't, I don't see any way he fails. Okay. If he's on the field for the Giants and he plays the majority of the games, I don't see how he feels. Uh, so I'm really high on him. The uh, the thing with Kittle is, and I, I think Kittle is just probably probably the most over all around overall tight end like the blocking with the everything sure. probably the best tight end. but I'm playing for points here yeah 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 we're playing and fantasy football not real more, I mean I, I really like saying this on stuff but he's more of like the best ball guy where yeah. I think he's going to give you those spike weeks but he's going to win you weeks but I just think with Debo and Ayuk and then you added CMC I, and you've seen it. I mean, I, I've seen the post on Twitter when all four are healthy. His target share goes down to like 13% or something right. like that. And that's really tough. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just really tough for him to be a consistent winner. So, I mean, there's many ways to go about it again. What I would say, as I've said from the first episode, like what I do with baseball when starting pitching, you're trying to set up your board, whatever your format is. I, I, I'll stay with the three wide receivers because it's just easier that way. If you got to draft three wide receivers, you pretty much want to have three wide receivers in the first five rounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes off the bat or three out of four, but in those first five rounds, you want to have three really solid starting receivers. So if you can get a tight end that has that upside in the fifth, I think that makes it a lot more pat, more palatable. Allows you to get maybe the elite quarterback or that hero running back. Right. So that's how I'm trying to construct my team. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And and to give you guys a sneak peek uh, in our next episode of the Fantasy Freestyle, you know, we will get into that a little bit more, the build and building the blueprint and kind of if you go, you know, one way, what you could expect <laughs> to wind up with versus if you go in a different way. I'm with you when it comes to Kittle. You know, a long time ago, I coined the phrase, the fantasy herd. And that's what it is to me. San Francisco is a herd, right? Mm-hmm. Because on one week, Debo's going to go off. And and you might get, you know, you might get three for 31 out of Kittle. On another week, Kittle could get two touchdowns. The following week, CMC is putting up 25 points. And then another week, Brandon Ayuk will go off for eight for 96 and two touchdowns, right? And so it's a little hit or miss. I, I agree with you on the player that Kittle is, what he means to that mm-hmm. offense. And I do actually believe that when Purdy was under center, Kittle was actually getting some targets but that that idea of the herd is a little bit of a factor for me with George Kittle and I got to tell you the truth also Matt it's a factor for me for Dallas Goddard as well I do not agree with where I see Dallas Goddard sometimes as like tight end seven because in that Philadelphia offense it's the same kind of thing there's AJ Brown there's Monte Smith and others and I don't know where in the pecking order he's going to be and if he's ever going to be like the lead guy for his real offense that's a fugazi how do you know it's a full basic? I am very intrigued by Kyle Pitts this year. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he, you know, was drafted top five overall by Atlanta to be that guy. They have Drake London, but 
Pitts struggled with injuries as well. And if he's on the field, I mean, he's a freak of nature athletically, right? And so what what is the upside for him in that tier is something I'm very interested in as well. I want winners. I want people that want to win. Matt, what do you think about Pitts? Can he stay on the field? Uh, I mean, that's really a, a good question. I think right now they're managing him. He is coming off of a substantial injury. I mean, he does have, I mean, sky-high ceilings. Sure. I mean, if he was in any other offense, just like an average pass offense, uh, I mean, I think Mariota was total dog shit, to be honest with you. I mean, not that Ritter is really good. Right. Uh, but I think he gets a little bump there, and it's really just him and London. Uh, it's one of those guys I don't want to be completely shut out on. Mm-hmm. I want to have, you know, a little exposure to something. Yeah, because he could pop. Yeah, and if he pops, it's you know. beautiful and huge and big, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing there. I just wanted to do a quick touch on him. You know, it's basically pass volume. Yeah. It's not the, ta- it's not the talent that sure. we're worried about, you, and- you know. And I think, Matt, it also reinforces something I continue to tell people here as we're thinking about, like, you know, tiebreaker kind of strategy. One of the things you said was, like, even if he was just in an average passing offense, you have to consider the offense and how dynamic Mm -hmm. this team is. I say it all the time. Give me a sliver of a watermelon over half of a grape. And then, to be honest, that's a perfect transition because so we've talked about, say, the top, you know, whatever it is, six, seven, eight tight ends. Right. And. We also t- discussed here on Fantasy Freestyle if you would pay the, you know, the the cost to try to get the top tier, the second tier, where that would be, what it looks like. After this, the next group of, of, of tight ends, to me, it's less about they're all getting similar opportunity. To me, it's about like if they get a touchdown or not. There's very few remaining tight ends after this that I can I can have any kind of consistent targets week to week right yeah i mean i'll break it down like this in, in the tight end premium leagues i've been playing in and i've been drafting a lot of that over this last month okay uh and i'll be transitioning just to the regular you know uh scoring formats in that kind of thing if i don't get one of the top tier tight end guys as we were talking about i like to kind of greg dulce which is really kind of my guy okay so uh, i think that's down. a guy that was uh, just had an excellent college career, mm-hmm. you know. And year two, you got Sean Payton, great offensive mind. I know we got to worry about Russell, but uh, I think he's going to put him in position to succeed. I think Pat Fryer is a solid guy, but where he goes, there's usually a lot of still good like wide receivers. Those year two guys. But didn't you tell so, me that you did not like their offense? And you did not like their offensive coordinator, and you did not like like the way that they were a uh, like uh, a, an old school, not from this millennium offense in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, I I don't like. I'm not big on their offense, but the tight end is is right. he's like the he's hello. Brian with last year had a really good year. The only difference in last year is the touchdowns were down. Hello. Well, yeah, that's like what I was saying. He had like seven as a rookie and then two last year. Hello? Seemed to be like a, a thing with them. I'll go with the positive regression that it, it, that it bounces back a bit. And I, I don't know who to take out of those receivers, Deontay Johnson or uh, Pickens. 
Everybody's right. saying this is the Pickens breakout. It could be. And he's and doing, you know, very impressive things in camp. Buzz, we all see on yeah, video. So he's getting all the buzz in camp. Yeah. If it's the Pickens breakout season, I don't think Deontay's getting 140-plus targets okay. like he's been getting every year. All right. So, But I do think Friar Booth is a solid option. I just really don't take him because there's usually, like I say, still that wide receiver. Sure. I think okay. that can really pop. So I'm usually waiting on, like, the Dulcich is a guy I feel comfortable with. I think he's got the upside. Mm-hmm. I think that offense will bounce back. I, I think last year was just so not awful. Sean Payton coming in, that it's going to be better. But but there is still, you know, Judy and Sutton that are far ahead of him in targets in that offense, right? Yeah, no, but I, I do think – I'm not really a big – Court and Sutton. I, I think okay. Court and Sutton stock to me is really, really close. I'm big on big on Judy. But now Tim Patrick's gone. He is. Uh Hamill's gone too now. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things. So Marvin Mims gets a bump up if you, yes. you know, just to yes. throw that out. Loves him some Marvin uh, Mims. And Peyton targeted him. That's Peyton's, right. you know, first draft pick. But I, I think Dulcich saying he's gonna use him in the Joker role. Okay. You gotta love to hear that. And I just think you go look at his college team. This kid was I hear you. I hear you. One thing you said that I like to me, the touchdowns are fluky. You said even Frymouth, you know, seven one year, two the other. Hello. He may, oh, yeah. you know, that's well, I, I think in that just, area. Well, see, I'm not just drafting. If, I, if I'm drafting a guy just on touchdown dependent alone, I'm just going to wait for like a Hunter Henry. Or make right, right, right. Too. Like, yeah. I think that's a touchdown dependent guy that is going to be okay in, involved in that offense. But I'm talking about like still pass catchers late, like Dalton Kincaid. I'm a Bills fan, and I would wanted them to trade up to, to get JSN. Once he fell, and he was a possible top ten pick. Right, right, right. I thought that's the digital placement. That's the second option for now. Kincaid has an opportunity again. He's a rookie. That's the scary. That's why you got. If you take Kincaid, you, you take like a, a Mike Gusecki, or you take a, uh, uh, right, a more stable try to true up. These young rookies. If there's ever a year for the rookie tight end, end, this is it. I think you're getting these athletic. You know, they're right. super athletic. Like out of Detroit, Laporta. You yep. heard Kittle say he thinks Laporta is the best tight end out of that class. Now Laporta went to basically tight end you at at, at Iowa, right? And he knows how to fly. He, yeah. he can catch. They're not going to have Jameson Williams those first six games. So there's opportunity, opportunity there. Opportunity for him to grow into it, yeah. He seems to be from the offensive coordinator, the head coach, everybody. He's entrenched with the ones. Okay. So opportunities there. Yeah. So he's another guy that I'm interested in. You, look, you go further down the line, I have a rookie, uh, Mayer, kid from Mayer. Notre Dame. From Notre Dame. He's in Vegas. Of 800 uh, Vegas. Back-to-back seasons for over 800 yards receiving in college. Mm-hmm. That's really he's a really productive kid, and now his only roadblock is Austin Hooper. Uh, they they released Howard, right? So, well, they invested Hooper. a first-round pick in him also, so they're going to want to get yeah. him on the field. And so, I mean, those are those are the young guys that I do kind of like and stuff. But again, if I'm going to take them, I'm going to backfill them with somebody. Like I think in New England, and I think the people need to realize this year, certain teams are going to have the have the twelves out there, and you put with the two tight ends. Yeah. And you know, one guy is going to be more of basically a wide receiver, and, and one guy is the blocker. Yeah. And like if Bill O'Brien's offense in New England, I like Gasicki. I think Gasicki's a hell of an athlete. 
You know, yeah. they really didn't use him much in Miami. They really seemed like they didn't want him there. He didn't fit the scheme. But I, I think he's going to fit the scheme in New England. And Hunter Henry is really good friends with Mac Jones. He's having a really good camp. And I think he's going to score touchdowns. I think right. he's going to be involved. On those yeah. bootlegs. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, those guys. And just the buzz you're getting out of Cincinnati on an Irv Smith. Everybody talking loved about Irv Smith. Smith. He was one of those freak athletes when he was for the Vikings. Yeah. got hurt every year. I mean, he mm-hmm. hurt again this year. But you're basically not paying to get him. No, you can get all these guys real late. You know, you can get all these guys real late, and that's why we're giving you the info that you need on the Fantasy Freestyle, giving you, like, how to build that. And to be quite honest, if you get these, if you get one of the top-tier guys, cool, but you can still back them up. And if you get one of the top-tier guys, then maybe you take more of a shot with one of these rookies, for example. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you are not, you know... You know, you you don't have a George Kittle, you don't have a TJ Hawkinson, then you can still wait. Here are some of the guys that Modica likes in that range. I reinforce, I think it's more about the offense than the team. For example, one of my sleepers would be um, Gerald Everett or like Tyler Higby. Everett for Mm -hmm. the idea that, you know, um, the offense, like you said, you know, Herbert's going to throw the ball. You know, 45 times every game, he's going to throw for 4,500 yards this year, and he'll get some of that. But on the other aspect with with Higby, I believe he's the number two target getter in St. Louis. I mean, excuse me, in Los Angeles. You know, mm-hmm. there's Cup. There's obviously Cup. But outside of that, I think that I think that Higby gets gets uh, the second most attention in that passing game. And that's a team that I expect to be down a lot as well. So I think that there's a plenty of places you can go. Hello, you play to win the game. Out of the drafts you're doing, we already talked about how you won't get Kelsey, uh, but you would get one of these other guys in that second or third tier and then wait for, like how often do you actually spend the price to get uh, you know, the Wallers, the Kittles, the Hawkinsons, the Pitts of the world, and how, how many times you kind of wait on it a little bit more? I'll dabble in like a Waller or a Hawkinson or a Pitts once in a while because I really like getting an elite quarterback. Mm-hmm. I don't care what the format is. Even in the four-point passing, it really makes a difference. When In the four-point passing, uh, when your quarterback's scoring 30, 30 or more points or high 20s or low 30s and the other guy's quarterback scoring 18 that's a huge difference it's different yeah that's a huge huge difference you have that leg up and there's a lot of these tight ends that i do like and you know sometimes you know depending upon the format if it's tight end premium i'm gonna draft at least probably three tight ends you know in that in a, in a regular format it's probably only gonna be two tight ends right and uh, stuff like that. I did one draft in the NFFC where I got Waller and Pitts on the uh, on the turn. Okay. And to me, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to putting one of those guys in the flex. In the flex. Because those are really, you know, those are move tight ends. Right. Those are guys that you know have a hundred catches, you sure. know, if they're on the field, and you know, and you know, there, there is risk. They have, their, their profiles do provide risk. And that also depends on what kind of draft you are. If you're, if you're risk opposed, you know that, and then you'll make certain right. uh, adjustments. I'm saying you balance draft. it out then later in the draft. But they are who we thought they were.
I think that that about covers it for the tight ends. We definitely gave you what you need. Hopefully win your leagues, win that cash. Also think about how and when. And and that's what we're going to do next week. Uh, next week on the Fantasy Freestyle, you know, as you are thinking about your builds and your drafts, we'll, 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 we'll go through the process with you and try to, you know, help you learn how to fish. Um, what are you looking for this week in any of the preseason games? Any, uh, any things that are or are not important to you? Maybe some of these running backs. I want to see, you know, who's the first guy out. So, I mean, I think each game, trying to look at, you know, guys you may, like, either like or interested later on, like, you know, all these handcuffed running backs. Who's the first guy getting the opportunity mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Just not that this is etched in stone. It's game one and all that. So, but those are the little things, uh, you know, I want to see. For sure. Well, we'll keep our eyes peeled and uh, we'll come and tell the people about it next week. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm so, excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be good. We're going to learn more. Fun as always, Matt. We'll do it again next week. Sound good? Sounds like a plan. All right, for sure. So, for my man, Matt Modica, I'm merely the spitting statistician, Dave Martinez. Come on back, like, follow, subscribe, drop a five-star review. Check us out on the Starting Five and the Cloud 10 Podcast Network. And we'll be back at it next week, helping try to win your leagues, win that cash. All right, we out. Peace. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook.